This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi, I'm Taryn Winterbrill, host of Bestseller TV on C-Suite Radio. On this show, I sit down with leading business authors to find out what makes their books stand out from the crowd. With thousands of new business books and titles being published each year, we try to make it just a little bit easier for you to decide which ones are worth the read. Thanks for listening. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to Bestseller TV. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. We're here with Nina Sunday. She's the author of Workplace Wisdom for Nine to Thrive, Proven Tactics and Hacks to Get Ahead in Today's Workplace. Great to have you with us. Oh, it's a real pleasure to be here, Taryn. All the way from Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. We love, we love that. Uh, right off the bat, I do want to commend you on the title. I love puns for Nine to Thrive, mm-hmm. a play on Nine to Five. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of fun there. <laughs> yeah. Do people pick up on that? Do they understand that? Oh, certainly. And the thing is, whenever I'm doing presenting or in the uh, in the workplace, mm-hmm. I like to have fun. Sure. So you know, it's I want it to be uh, accessible yes. and uh, something that people enjoy. Was this about you in the workplace and realizing, oh. wow, there are really things we can improve upon here, and I want to share my wisdom with the world? Absolutely, because I, I'm a workplace uh, presenter and workshop leader. And sometimes I'm working with teams and I'll ask them a question and sometimes surprised by what teams don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, that's really basic. Right. So I figure that's kind of the basis of a lot of the chapters in the book. Each chapter is a bite-sized piece of micro-learning that's very readable, that has action steps at the end that people can grasp the key concepts. And what I've done is selected the the best bits, I think, from when I'm presenting to people, I go, oh, you don't know that it is possible for a smile uh, to to be in your voice when you pick up the phone. Because I've had I've yeah. had um, team members uh, debate that with me. Oh, people can't hear a smile in your voice. I go, I think they can. Who would you say is the target audience? Is this for anyone in the workplace? You mentioned managers. Who, who, can, Absolutely, who is this applicable to? The people that have been reading it that have given me feedback said, my son has just entered the workplace. He needs to read this book. So for any young professional entering the workplace, a lot of mature workers, these are the things that perhaps they've picked up already along the way. But young workers haven't necessarily learned a lot of these things. And often it's unwritten ground rules or right. norms that are assumptions that people know things in the workplace. And yet, um, even as basic as how to shake hands properly or how to introduce a VIP. I mean, that's really important that people understand some of uh, the niceties of professionalism that gives them poise and confidence and helps them come across as competent and intelligent. You know, I wanted to touch upon this idea of artificial intelligence and robots. How do we prevent robots from taking over, so to speak, to preserve our our jobs via, you know, humanity, humans? Well, (laughs) what's coming next is the fact that there is a tsunami of automation. It's already here with uh, robotic arms helping surgeons to do surgery and 80% of auto manufacturing is now done by robotic. uh, That's true. Yeah. But there's both an opportunity and a danger and a pitfall. The opportunity is new jobs are going to be created. But just as many 
uh, jobs will be lost. Right. So it's really important to improve your human skills, your ability to collaborate, create interpersonal relationships, demonstrate empathy. And that's definitely a theme throughout the book is if you can up your human skills, right. you will be the last to lose your job. Right. So you're future-proofing your employability. True. Future-proof your employability, but up those skills that robots can't. That's right. That, that's that's right. what the nugget is, which really is so important. I think we all know that, but you know, seeing it, hearing it, absorbing it. One of the key chapters for me is something that took me years to learn how to manage and keep a team member motivated because mm. I had all oh, maybe about eight full-time staff at one point and I noticed that there was this trend where they'd start they'd be enthusiastic because they were learning I'd be giving energy and input right. and then they'd become competent and then I would just leave them alone to just do the job okay and then mm. I would wonder why they started to tail off and stop doing the job to the excellent standard that they used to. And I thought that just having a friendly workplace culture and we were just all like family, that that was enough. Right. And I subsequently discovered through um, Google's research in the eight good behaviours of a manager that team members need a regular one-on-one -on -one discussion, just you and them, for maybe about 20 minutes, maybe once a month, and maybe every six months to talk about career progression. What do they want to do? Where do mm. they want to go? So you think that's the key as to that that graph you just mentioned? That's why right. It's called the S-curve or the curve. sigmoid curve. Because I held the question in my mind, why am I seeing, this is being in business for 20 years, why am I seeing good people start off and they start strong? Yeah. And I didn't want to be a micromanager. See, I overcompensated right. by not being a micromanager. Right. I actually left them alone. But it's a good experiment. I mean, you have to learn through trial That's and right. error. And then when I finally read Charles Handy as a management thinker, it was just one little chapter in his book, The Empty Raincoat. The sigmoid curve. That's the answer. It's actually in nature. It's like when the tide goes out and you might go for a walk on, on the um, tidal flats. Right. Talking about where I live yeah. <laughs> in Moreton Bay. Yeah. You have to know when to turn back to the shore before the tide comes in or you could be left stranded. So mm. it's about starting a fresh curve, a remotivation curve before right. they've actually become demotivated. It, no, it's, it's a great point because I feel as though it's becoming more mainstream and I don't know how things are in Australia, but here in the United States, one-on-one -on -one meetings, my sister's a yeah. manager, she's always doing those. But when I started my career, those didn't exist. Exactly. And I remember that too. I mean, I may not have started my business if if I'd have had some one-on-one -on -one discussions right. with my uh, uh, manager. Yeah. But um, it's personal development. It's showing an interest. And I think, like you said, it, it goes a long way. And the other thing that managers need to do is actually have these conversations where they actually find out a little bit about this team member's life. I mean, right. if there are any issues in their life, and this isn't to pry, it's just to know that if, a, if one of their children is maybe going through uh, exams and the stress of that, maybe uh, rippling into the family and everyone's a little bit on edge because of that, or maybe they've got aging parents that they right. have to spend a bit of extra time with, all of that just to know so you have empathy goes a long way with respect, earning respect, and um, just having that empathy that cr creates yeah. an interpersonal relationship with your team members. Because where some managers think we're just here to do a job. Right. 
We're here more than that. We're here to have relationships and meaning while doing the job. I mean, it's really it's showing an investment in your employees mm. on a case by case in each one to show, you know, show them and demonstrate that you care and they mean something. And mm. it's not just about their numbers and their performance. It's about absolutely being a part of the company. C-Suite Radio. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You talk a little bit about these open office floor plans, mm. right? I mean, just there's so much to get to in terms of workplace wisdom. What's your, what's your opinion on those? Well... Uh, my article isn't really about whether to have open plan or mm -hmm. whether to have separate spaces because, of course, there's a whole trend towards having pods and even hot desking. Right. It was more about what to do if you are in an open plan right. and about respect and consideration, mm -hmm. you know, and it's about um, being aware of noise levels and um, uh, just being aware that, you know, you shouldn't, well, one example is don't eavesdrop. I mean, nothing's worse than someone having a conversation, a private conversation, and because you happen to hear it doesn't mean you have permission to say, oh, yes, and what I think about that is right. nothing's more disconcerting, that whole big brother feel. Of so, And also things like odours. You know, some people are sensitive to mm -hmm. strong perfume or strong right. food smells. So um, it's just being aware. It's just having respect and consideration. Mm -hmm. For your um, for your fellow uh, fellow colleague, most importantly, it's saying hello and goodbye upon arriving and leaving. You you talk a little bit about speed reading. Yeah, well, I started my life. I was teaching speed reading when I was nineteen. Yeah, what do you mean by that? Well, speed reading is the ability to sit down and uh, use a technique to be able to read uh, what is about three or more times faster than the average reader. Okay. And it's a technique, and I was fortunate enough to do a course when I was 19, and then they invited me to come on and teach it. And so that skill has lasted me a lifetime because one of the things I discover is that if I have a question in my head, like what is the sigmoid curve, I can actually read three books, five books on the topic that would take somebody else, you know, and the, the amount of time to read one book. So mm -hmm. I feel that I can get a, a, a very wide uh, perspective of a topic when I'm researching it. So you'll notice that there's pages and pages of references. I like to reference everything I, I write and not just write pop psychology. I really right. based on data 
and evidence-based information. But in terms of speed reading, is, is that a, a workplace habit that you'd recommend? I mean, is that something that we should... Well, here's you know, the thing. I've seen a trend reading? away from it because we, we now, rather than read, we more reference. It's sideways reading. It's like you're reading something on your phone or your iPad or your computer and then you see a link and then you click sideways, see another link, click sideways. But I do ask the question, have we lost our deep reading brain? Because the ability to actually sit and read one author's deep thoughts from beginning to end is almost becoming a thing of the past. Yeah, it's becoming obsolete, I'd say. We're so fragmented, our our levels of attention, attention span. And I must admit, I probably read fewer books as a, as a whole than I used to because I'm uh, as distracted by, you yeah. know, reading on my, on my online. Yeah. Just give everybody a sense of your background, Nina, because you mentioned pre- presenting and, and what makes you feel equipped to, to write about all of this? Well, I started university with a Bachelor of Arts and a Diploma in Education. Um, went on, I did a year of school teaching business, English and history, which means that I, I've made the study of language and wordsmithing uh, one of my specialties, the language of influence. So there's quite a few chapters there in, you know, words to avoid, right. you know, when giving feedback. Um, so, and then there was a period in my life where I actually was a professional musician. I guess. <laughs> You've done it all, as they say. <laughs> well, I, I was really entranced by the performing arts, so much so that I decided to spend three years at film school, and that's behind the scenes in production management. And then I spent a couple of years at ABC Television Mm -hmm. in Australia. But all during the time at at the ABC and uh, while at film school, I had this my own course in speed reading at at a community college where I kind of invented my own new system based on the one that I'd uh, been training, but they were sort of closed to any new ideas. And I had all these new ideas based on what I was observing was different to what they told me should happen. And so I started experimenting with my own techniques. And then after a few years, I realized that I had my own new speed reading course. Right. So I, my business started as speed reading and study and memory. And that was the first 10 years. And then I realized that in order to be to run a business, I needed good time management. So I'd learned that I needed good customer service. So I'd self-taught myself that um, I needed to, to learn how to present in a more polished fashion. And so I studied that. So all of the things that I studied to be a good business owner right. were all these areas that I now became another expert in. So those were the new topics that I added yeah. to the uh, to the list. And I have, I lead a team of facilitators in Australia, Australia-wide, delivering these programs. And I've moved more into the, the leadership and culture space. Mm-hmm. And speaking. And I yeah. mean, everything you just said is why the book is so unique, because you've all these <laughs> little nuggets from your life mm. and your past experiences, but you put it all together under the confines of the workplace. And it's interdisciplinary. Mm-hmm. And you see, we need to be interdisciplinary in this world. We can't be specialists anymore. Even the best artist really needs to understand marketing or they won't pick the right uh, the right agent. Right. So, in fact, I, I meet uh, small business owners who say, oh, I'll just get a salesperson to sell. Well, what I say to them is if you can't sell almost as well as your salesperson, 
they will lose respect for you. Right. You have to know how to sell. Exactly. You can't just be a specialist. Exactly. You have to be all-encompassing, which right. is a big part of the book. And there's so much to get to, uh, but we're out of time. <laughs> but um, it, it's, like I said, it's very comprehensive. And I love that it comes from all the different parts of your background. So congratulations. Thank you, And Jane. thanks for coming. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been <laughs> and a we look pleasure. Forward, we look forward to the next one. Thank you. If you'd like more information on the book, just head to our website, csweetbookclub.com, c-sweetbookclub.com. I'm Taryn Winterbrill. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time right here on Bestseller TV. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.